My name is Chris Corlew, and with me as always is my friend and co-host, Bob Sikora. We're here. We are here. We are here. A um, couple audio disclaimers up top. One, uh, we're recording a little bit later in the day than we usually do, and I just put my kid to bed, my three-year-old. Uh, and putting him to bed usually means he runs around his room screaming for an hour and a half, and then he falls asleep. So there might be a little more three-year-old than usual this week. <laughs> See? There it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, um, uh, also, I got my COVID booster a couple days ago, and I have never had a good reaction to a uh, vaccine shot for COVID, and I spent the last couple days uh, <laughs> on my deathbed throwing up, and... <laughs> And finally at 100% now, but haven't still fully rehydrated. So I might be a little more lispy and nasally this week than usual, even worse than usual. So those are audio disclaimers up top. But uh, let's move into some good news. Bob, do you have good news? Oh, I got to share good news. Was that in the notes? Oh, it wasn't in the notes. I, you don't have to share your good news. if, But, I mean, you shared it on Twitter today. Um, I, uh, I have landed, uh, officially a, uh, creative writing course at, uh, the community college where I teach. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I'm officially about to be living the dream. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I was telling someone this weekend that I, I feel like a, a little bit of a class trader to the poets because academia has actually worked out for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know. Six or seven degrees later, it was bound to work out sometime, I guess. <laughs> Actually, that's not uh, true. I know people with multiple degrees who hasn't worked out for. <laughs> I mean, you know, the, the real secret is is uh, the pivoting to community college, which, you know, to me didn't entirely feel like pivoting because I, I had long ago given up on the dream of, uh, you know, teaching at a prestigious university right, right. <laughs> in, in any way. And also like, I feel ethically better about working at a community college. Um, but, uh, very low key. We have a pretty big English department, but I can think nice. of like six or seven poets lingering in this English department, you know, and oh, varying, yeah. varying degrees like of like how much the comp courses that you've been doing kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, varying degrees of, uh, how, um, and I think it may be like how active, like trying to publish and stuff. Um, sure. You know, but yeah. uh, I am certainly uh, not an outlier. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome, man. I'm, I'm really happy for you. Uh, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm really pumped. The, uh, the kind of like online course system, just like the class popped up in the, I was like teaching a course, like teaching one of my classes pull up the website for whatever reason. And then this like new class shows up on the side and I'm like, that's a number I've never taught before. What does that mean? Um, <laughs> just have this like little, like freak out while I was supposed to be like paying attention to other things. It was really exciting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, and I've just been like sitting on this for like three weeks now of like, is it confirmed or not? Cause you know, I don't until, until I get the email that it's official. Like I don't trust anything, um, right, but right. We're officially celebrating. Um, it does it. Everything that we do, is kind of this long-term planning thing. It feels ridiculous to be like, fall 2022, let's go. But, <laughs> um, you know, that's the nature of the beast. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, you're right. That's the nature of the beast. And, you know, when it comes along, it comes along. You take advantage of it. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. Pumped. Yeah. Um, so this week we are talking about um, winter pastoral pro- poems. Um, I don't have much of an intro for this. I was scrolling through the shared document that we have of potential topics and saw pastoral, and we're recording in the beginning of December. It's getting really cold. And I was like, (laughs) I never think of pastoral poems as winter poems. I was like, I wonder if we could get something out of this. And then I realized when I sat down to write the intro, I don't know too much about the pastoral tradition. (laughs) So um, I just kind of looked for winter poems. And, Bob, you brought a, a good one. Um, and I did the same thing that I did last week and just went to the Poetry Foundation website and was like, winter poems. <laughs> um, it, it <laughs> and, was funny. and I was like, I don't know, probably probably nothing in any of these. <laughs> so. I mean, you, you threw it out there. And, you know, I, I had a poem come to mind right away. And I, I would have done the same thing if I looked at my shelf of being like, I know somebody has, has written about winter here um you know but nothing came out well i guess uh after you um brought a chen chen poem last time that reminded me that 
going back like several seasons in first season when i brought in one of his poems it's just i think it's just called winter um and it was a I think you're poem. right yeah yeah it's a, it, we talked about it like as a love poem um and again maybe not a <laughs> pastoral um, and also, I think we could possibly cut out the pastoral for either of these. It was Probably. a good jumping off point. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it is it is funny. Um, I haven't thought too much about pastoral poems in a while. I definitely took a class in undergrad where we, like, spent a lot of time with these damn shepherds. <laughs> you know, this, like series of like shepherd poems that reflect back on each other and uh right. maybe i should try and pull some of those out again but like they did not leave a good taste in my mouth like, no no that's it's not my favorite thing it. either i guess i i most yeah mostly just thinking of like i i guess it would more be nature poems uh or, mm. you know something like celebrating winter but pastoral sounds more academic i don't know um (laughs) (laughs) my dumb guy is kind of showing here but uh um but yeah i I was just like much like last week with poets have been in the hospital before poets have been cold before (laughs) (laughs) is it is it cold out by you um it's today's a pretty warm day um it's been cold enough that the cold has like permeated my house I gotcha. Uh, so, um, so outside is kind of up and down, but the house is, uh, we, we've entered our cold phase, started okay. insulating things and stuff, you know, <laughs> so. um, cause, cause this is, it's been a few days like this, but I definitely was like walking around in a light jacket today and was just like, <laughs> so thrilled with existence. <laughs> it's just like such a, I feel like this will be a phenomenon that we better get used to, but of just of like, man, I'm in such a good mood. It's so warm today in December, and that's a sign of uh, how terribly everything's trending. Yeah, that's a, that's <laughs> yeah. a sign of bad things, but it's yeah. also like, I'll take a it, milder winter. It feels really good, yeah. let me tell you. Um, and like, I know, like, you know, February's still going to suck, so right. I just don't mind if we postpone it a little bit. Right. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, but I, I mean I'm I've I've got a little hot toddy going on right now um to try nice, and pretend nice. pretend that it's winter. Yeah. Um but yeah, it's it's you know, the 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 heat has not come automatically in a couple hours here. Like it's it's nice. pretty warm. That's it's good. pretty warm. Yeah, we got up to fifty today. What'd you guys get up to? Oh, we got up to like sixty seven today. It was oh, wow. ridiculous. Wow, that's yeah. like springtime. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, it was ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well let's get into it. Uh Bob, you brought a poem. <laughs> Say a poem uh, that like actually has some cold in it. So uh... <laughs> maybe maybe when we release this next week, it'll be like freezing outside. I don't know. I mean, that would be probably justified for me. Uh, <laughs> I deserve it. Um, yeah, as I said, uh, I got the prompt and I was like, oh, let's, let's bring in a banger. Um, so today I'm going to read uh, Robert Hayden's Those Winter Sundays. Sundays, too, my father got up early and put his clothes on in the blue-black cold. Then, with cracked hands that ached from labor and the weekday weather, made banked fires blaze. No one ever thanked him. I'd wake and hear the cold splintering, breaking. When the rooms were warm, he'd call, and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house speaking indifferently to him, who had driven out the cold and polished my good shoes as well. What did I know? What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a that's a good one that really does a lot in a short amount of space. Right. Um, that second stanza is exactly what was happening in my house. Like, it, it, well... <laughs> It was definitely not the worst thing of the day because it was while the tornadoes were happening in Kentucky. Mm. But, like, yeah, the wind was, like, so freight train outside that it was just, like, it was, like, shaking my Christmas tree. The wind was so powerful. Mm. And it was cold wind, too. Right, um, right. And, yeah, that second stanza, I was like, oh, yeah, I immediately identify with this. For sure. Um, but, yeah, this is this is a good one. This is such a a good short little, like, poem of gratitude. It's really nice. right. Right. Um, so yeah, what? Uh, why? Why'd you pick this poem? That's that's why I like it. Why'd you pick it? 
um, well, as I said, you, you know, you threw out this uh, prompt of winter and immediately this came into my mind. And I've been thinking, too, for the show um, that I've wanted to bring in some things that are a little more classic. Sure. Just, you know, in part, um, I think relating to like my current phase of reading not that i'm actually going back and reading some classic things that often but i feel like i am a little bit less plugged in than i would like to be i think we've talked before about pandemic reading has very much gone in waves yeah yeah you know and i'm definitely kind of in a funk um so sometimes kind of returning you know to some bangers feels really good Um, for sure and you know kind of We've talked about having like an imagined audience um, who might not be like the most plugged in poetry people. Um, and, you know, it feels good to talk about, you know, this this is like a many times anthologized poem. Right. Um, right. And Robert Hayden feels. I might I might take this back immediately after saying it, but like feels like a little bit underrated at this point. Um, yeah, I feel like I've know? definitely read him in like a Norton anthology, like right. freshman year college or something like that. But. I don't, you know, he's not on that, like, that, like, T.S. Eliot level of, like, oh, this is one of sure. the titans of the 20th century or whatever. Right, right. And, yeah, maybe he deserves to be. I mean, I think I would a little bit like to argue so. Yeah, um, I mean, I think I would, too. Sorry, I was definitely going to say something, and I just, like, completely, <laughs> completely just, I just, like, pulled up his bio for a second, and I was like, I'm going to read this. I'm like, you can't read this. You're in the middle of, all, of the podcast. <laughs> it's, a, it's an intense bio. Yeah, I, I think part of it might be, um, and again, I would probably need to look at the bio a little more deeply, but I feel like he doesn't fit neatly into, like, a school of poets. Yeah. Um, you know, like, because that feels a lot of, like, how... 20th century poetry is taught is like, you know, via these different schools and whatever. Right. Um, and like one of the interesting things for me is like thinking in the, what, f- 15 years since we were undergrads, like has, I don't know, the seventies, eighties, nineties become more clearly defined. I don't know. And um, this poem is what? 66, 1966. I think it says. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so, like, you know, definitely the 60s, you know, we have a vocabulary for talking about poets. Um, yeah. And I don't, yeah, and I, I don't remember him fitting into kind of any of um, those conversations. Yeah, I'm kind of realizing as we were talking that I I haven't read much um, Robert Hayden, but, uh, you know, I, one of those guys that everything I've read I've liked. I've never sat through a full collection. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, never... Yeah, like, I, I wouldn't even know where he lived, you know? Um, <laughs> and, um, yeah, it was never, like, one of those, like, oh, well, he ran with the new school crowd, or, oh, he was a beat, right. or, you know, uh, whatever, or he was one of the one of the great modernists. Um, born yeah, in Detroit. Just, born in Detroit, okay. Born in Detroit. That feels um, right for this poem. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. This one, I've... I've taught before. I've come back to it a bunch of times. Um, I don't know. Yeah. You like, I guess I, I like when something is like anthologized. You're like, yeah, rightfully fucking so. Right. right. <laughs> yeah. And without the, uh, without the, here's an example of the new school. Here's an example of the, right. you know, like, this is just anthologized because it, it kicks ass, you know? Yeah. Um, Damn yeah. fine poem. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, uh, let's get into the nitty gritty of what's fine about it. What's the move? I, I had a little bit of hard time communicating this, but I think it comes back to probably for me, what stands out most when I think about Hayden. Um, it's just a really incredible precision of language, really incredible word choice. Um, I do have his collected poems. I got it at shoot, um, in Chicago, the, the Newbury Library, when they do their, their book sale once a year. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, such an entirely overwhelming event, unless yeah. you are, like, I, the position where I was, where I, uh, like, had, you know, middle of the day and the week off. Um, so you could get That's there kind of early. Yeah, because, yeah, like, Saturday there was a nightmare. 
Um, no, I would never go on a Saturday. <laughs> but uh, it's so funny that that stands out. That's where I got the book. Um, and I, I regret to say I have not read front to back of his collected poems because I, I think he's good enough. I, I should have done that. I think there's plenty to be learned there. Right. Um, but that's kind of what stands out to me from what I have read um, is that this is like just like an absolute master of like that precision of that exact right word, the exact right spot. Um, yeah. Things that stood out to me, um, you know, like blue, black, cold. Yeah. Come on, come on. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. so good, you know, and like, 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 good in that way where it feels like so simple and obvious. Um, yeah, but he, he says things exactly right without being like. There aren't too many like uh, there aren't too many like seventy-five degree screw turns here. It's just mm-hmm. it's just a unique way of putting things. But in a way that you understand it, where it's just like, oh, I like I like the way you talk, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, there's something about it where it's like it's like not calling a ton of attention to itself. Yeah, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's not it's not showy. Um, no. I weekday weather. Yeah. It's so good. Um, the cold splintering, breaking, um, and then per- really that second stanza uh, ending on that idea of chronic angers, like oh. I was just about to bring that up. The fearing the chronic, chronic angers of that house. Yeah. And, you know, the uh, a, a different piece of writing, especially from the 1960s, a poem about a, a about a, a an unthanked father uh, and then slowly rising and dressing, fearing the chronic angers of the house would be about like, you know, I'm thinking like Raymond Carver type shit. <laughs> It'd be about like the chronic angers would be the, the dad's an alcoholic or whatever. And it's like, right. no, the house is angry. The house is like mm-hmm. cracking and splintering. The woods expanding in the winter. The right, you know, the winds whipping in, like that sort of thing. Like it, but I think it, I think it pretty perfectly like leaves enough room for like that possibility. Oh yeah, for sure. You yeah, know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, it's definitely. I, I'm not closing off that reading, but I just read right. it as like it's the house that's angry, not the. Not the family, right. but um, but, but yeah, there's, it feels it's like open though. Yeah, that there's a lot of space within this poem for, um, you know, anyone looking back on what their parents did for them, um, and the the complexity of that looking back. Yeah, you know, both yeah. of obviously that like he's grateful for these things that, um, you know, no one thanked his father for, right. um, but that that could have been very loaded with a bunch of other things. You know, this right. does take us. Right back to last week and kind of the complications of family, yeah. <laughs> you know, and that even even a father who might be responsible for some of those chronic angers um, still might have done these things that were his way of taking care right. of the family. Right. That's that's a that's an interesting way of reading. That's that's definitely there. That's definitely there on the page. I'm a little more sentimental about it uh, just because. <laughs> Since You've been sentimental with every poem I've brought this season. What's going on in your life? <laughs> I spend all my time with a three-year-old, like literally all my time. Um, no, I, I, I'm, I guess sentimental is probably the wrong word. I'm a little sure. uh, softer on it, right. um, reading it as a, um, uh, you know, as I've been a parent, I've realized uh, how much my parents did for me right, and, uh, for not, sure. you know, not acknowledging it enough. I, I remember, uh, I was bringing my kid home from school and, um, Oh, what was it? I, I forget what he asked me, but it was something chaotic. And he like sprinted down the stairs before I could get to him and he can barely walk downstairs right now. <laughs> Our stairs are concrete. So like, Jeez, and I was yeah. like putting his uh, stroller away in the garage. And, uh, then he was like running around the backyard being chaotic and stuff. And so I texted my parents. I was like, I know I was exactly like this, and I never thank you for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, that's the kind of thing I'm thinking about. Um, going like going a, soft on me, Corlew. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, it could. I mean, it could. It could very well be a um, an angry home that is nonetheless taken care of. Right. Um, yeah. Well, just I just I think it comes back to like we said of, of there's a lot of space in kind of the house of this poem um, for a diff, different you know different experiences of family to connect onto it in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Um, 
part I just of... like to point out that we were talking about the house in this poem, and you said there's a lot of space in the house of this poem just And now. I meant it. I yeah. meant it. Okay. It's got three so, stanzas. There's three rooms in this house. Let's go. Keep the, one, the metaphor you're the rolling. One, you're the one telling dad jokes on the poem. And I'm oh, the <laughs> Uh, get out of town. Um, the other, I wanted to tell this story in related to, um, the precision of Hayden's language. Um, so I was in this workshop. It was not from my MFA program. Um, and one of the things that this kind of workshop teacher did, um, was give these just, he had this like stack of, of prompts on these little note cards um, you know, and each one was, it's just, each one had like, I don't know, four or five different kind of like, uh, constraints, you know, of write, oh, sure. like this, yeah. write this form, use one of these words, try and do this, whatever. And the very first one he does, um, we have to use the word unbucked in the oh, poem. Man. And it's, it's just like one of those things you like it, I, a useful exercise I get. And, yeah, and I, I, yeah. I don't know. I think I think some people when they get like a prompt like that, they try to um I don't know, like sticking to it feels like this really big deal to them. And and I very much feel loosely of like maybe the first draft I'm gonna stick really hard to it, but like if unbuck doesn't need to be in the poem, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna kick unbucked out of there so quickly. Right. I, um, I think those prompts are meant to right. be that way. Yeah. I yeah. agree. I don't know if everyone agrees, but um yeah. You know, yeah, I just, I looked at this and I was like, what a dumb word. It, you know, drove me crazy. I did it. It definitely, it like, in a, we had a whole, you know, workshop of people who all had that word in their poem, you know, so it already like stands out. Right. And, and everyone's everyone, reading their poem and you're, you're getting annoyed every time you hear the right, word. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And then, so a couple months later is when I get the Hayden collected and then I, I come across the word unbucked in one of his poems. Oh man. I email the instructor about it and he's like, of course that's where I got it from. And <laughs> I'm I'm mad that I don't remember the exact usage and it would have taken some time to look it up, but it was exactly right in the that's hand. Hilarious. It was the exact word he needed. <laughs> um, so to me that feels like kind of like this essential quality to him. And and that is a lot like my own narrative as someone, you know, who's only got a you know, a chunk of reading done, but definitely is not uh, a scholar on the matter. Um, right, but for me, right. it feels like that's a touchstone of him of like that, that precision of language is top notch, top yeah. tier. Yeah. That's an awesome, that's an awesome story. I really like that. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, speaking of precision of language, uh, favorite line. Favorite line. I, I couldn't avoid it. I got to go with the last line. Yeah. It, it just rules. Um, and I mean, to read the whole sentence, what did I know? What did I know? That repetition, um, you know, not every poem can pull it off. Yeah. 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 <laughs> what did I know? What did I know of love's austere and lonely offices? And it, similarly, I think almost any other poem, I would be like, austere? Really? Yeah. Does that does that work? And and offices is is so. I think like perhaps if we go back in time fifty years, maybe it's not. It doesn't stand out kind of diction wise so much. It feels fifty years old. Yeah. Right. Um, but I still think in both both those cases, the words are just right. Um, and there's a. I couldn't quite find the vocabulary for it. Obviously, there's the alliteration of of love and lonely. Um, but that line of love's austere and lonely offices, um, let me check the meter really quickly. Yeah, it's got some tight meter. <laughs> There's a pattern there. Um, I'm going to make a fool of myself if I try and do it, break it down live. But, um, you know, like it's, there's some synergy, oof, fucking business term Lordy. in the words. <laughs> but, you know, there's something going on with that exact language there. It's just right. And, and I guess like, there's a, you know, like you could do the like, here are all the words about sonic things happening between mm-hmm. words. You know, your rhyme, your alliteration, your, I'm forgetting all the other ones right now. <laughs> but like, if you really thought about it, like we don't actually have a word to describe like every little way that like sound can be pleasant between a group of words. Right, right. Uh, you know, like there's not... I don't know. There's not one for, 
I'm not going to be able to explain this right it's now. The, uh, it's the things that don't show up in the box score of poetry. Exactly. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. Um, yeah. And I think yeah. that's going on there is that I think if like I really sat down and tried to like pick apart that I could like do some sort of diagram of, of like every part of those words, why they sound just right. Um, obviously, again, in addition to the meaning, you know, that's it. I am. Apparently, I haven't uh, done a close read of a poem in a while because, yeah, like I want to <laughs> I want to draw all over this. Tear yeah. it apart. Love that last line. I love it. It's a good line. Yeah. Um, when I could never pull off. Yeah, it's it's hard to pull <laughs> off. It's hard to pull off that one. And I right. think that last line is part of why my reading is 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 so soft on it. Like, mm. what did I know? What did I know? That feels like melancholic looking back sort of thing. Sure. Um, sure. Loves austere and lonely offices. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm reading offices as like just the, the different things, different people in a household do, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Maybe, you know, dad. I mean, I think again, that's why that word is perfect. Is like, there's a lot of space and like, what does he mean by offices? There? Yeah. What is, what is, <laughs> yeah. Office? yeah. Is right. it the division yeah. of labor in the household? Is it, um, <laughs> You know, is it, is it, you know, your headspace? Like, what is it? Right. Uh, like the different spaces. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of ways to go there. Yeah. Um, I guess maybe part of my, and I, like, I, I'm totally not disagreeing with you. Like there's absolutely a softness there. There is a looking back and saying like, oh shit, here's this stuff that I did not recognize right. that I was really, that I should be appreciative. Like it's absolutely there. Um, it's I think it's in the the word choice again that there's a little bit of danger for lack of better words. If I go back through of the blue black cold, the cracked hands, the banked fire blaze, splintering, breaking, um, there's just like enough of this completely at a loss of word for this. There's enough um like hardship. Yeah, maybe that's yeah. it. Yeah. And like no one ever uh, thanked him. I'm reading no one ever thanked him as um no one ever thought to, but it could just be no one ever wanted to. <laughs> I I had not thought of that, but absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And the uh when the rooms were warm he'd call and slowly I would rise and dress, fearing the chronic angers of that house. Could be getting out of bed slowly because it's cold, could be getting out of bed slowly because you don't want to face the day, you know, right. Face, face right. the house. Right. Um, there's room there, which, yeah. We got, we got room, baby. We got room. We got we rooms got... in the house. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Um, and so, yeah, let's, uh, unless there's anything else, let's do, uh, let's go behind, beyond the page. What's going on, uh, outside of the, uh, the pages of these collected poems. Uh, well, I, uh, I, I think I was, I was just so interested, uh, in, in, you know, kind of the complicatedness of family last week that, uh, I was happy to read one, um, going back to that softer reading that is a little bit back, you know, looking back and, um, thinking of the holy shit, here's the thousands of things that my parents did that no one was around to thank them for that I, you know, just like didn't pay attention to years and years later. Yeah, um, you know what a yeah. I mean, I, kind of as you're communicating right now, you feel it awfully hard um, <laughs> <laughs> with this three year old. Um, but you know, there's there's something so remarkable about getting older and just like kind of getting it and seeing your parents as people, right? Um, right. And like full people, um, and you know, just also kind of softening towards them. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know? And asking but, for advice, like, you're not mm. asking for help on your homework anymore. You're asking, like, <sighs> you know, should I should I take this job? Should I... Right. How do I buy a house? I don't know. Whatever people do. Right. <laughs> Our generation doesn't buy houses, but whatever. <laughs> um, how do I... Yeah, what, what am I supposed to do here as, like, an adult and sort of thing? Right. Um, uh, or you've made a decision and you're like, what, what do you think of this? What, you know, what would you do Absolutely. in this situation? And Absolutely. When you're a kid, you're um, just like, you know, 
yeah, help with your homework. Someone was right. in school, whatever, you know, that sort of thing. Right. It's not. And I think the two, also the like, the collective understanding of like, oh, neither of us knows what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> like, that's really wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, just, yeah, I, I, I think this poem does a really good job of kind of like crystallizing such a specific experience of looking back, um, you know, uh, I don't like the word universalizes, but you know, um, it, there's a commonality, there's a shared space here. Um, yeah. Well, it's that openness we've been talking to talking about. Exactly. It crystallizes a a specific experience, but, um, there's an, there's an, like, you know, we've been saying there's an openness to interpretation. There's an openness to, feeling different ways that the words mean and things like that. Right. Right. There's a lot of doors into this house. There's, there are a lot of doors. It's not, it's not like a, it's not like a condo building. It's not a walk up. It's just, it's, it is an open house with a front door, back door, garage door, side door, side door, <laughs> not a service entry elevator. Uh, not, not, not a house with, 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 uh, <laughs> with staff in it. But. Oh gosh. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, I love the way that, um, you know, the prompt like guide is what guides, what poems we choose. And then we like, just go kind of off the rails into um, something thematically entirely different. I mean, you know, that's part of the point it's this poem logic, but um, I was just like, weren't we talking about winter a second ago? Yeah, um, I, I'm, I think I'm so far removed from workshop that this is like maybe the only way I know how to read poems anymore. <laughs> All right, give me a winter poem. You All found right. a winter poem. I found a winter poem. I did some scrolling. Found a winter poem. I started on a, um, I think it was Lit Hub, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, or it was something else. And I don't want to say it was necessarily Lit Hub because I, I generally like Lit Hub a lot. And found this article totally unhelpful but it was like 10 christmas poems and i clicked on like five of them and was like i don't really care for any of these so, so i was like all right i'll be lame and go back to the poetry foundation all right, so um, so so hot take um lit hub just feels like another you know literary institution i mean like to call it institution seems silly but i mean yeah there's 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 people behind that um, that just like absolutely does not really take poetry seriously. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't mean that entirely. They they absolutely do do stuff. Um, but and the, I guess now that you're saying that, I, I go there for more fiction content than I do poetry. Right. Yeah. I, I just I feel like the the discrepancy in the coverage between fiction stuff and poetry stuff um, kind of drives me crazy. Not sure. quite as bad. I'm gonna air, I'm airing some grievances apparently, <laughs> <laughs> but. Uh, the New York Times, you know, a hundred notable books of the year. Oh and, God, yeah. And no, New two, York Times is... two of them are poetry. It's just like such two a slap in the face. Ninety-six of them are New York writers. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't even. I could get into that griping, but it just feels especially like for, uh, you know, for like their book section, like like covers poetry regularly. It's not, you know, it's not like they don't have people reading these books. Right. Um, it just feels like you you could carve out 10 for us, please. Yeah. Please. And yeah. like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I don't agree with this as I say it, but it does feel like having 10 poetry books in there, like, might actually make a difference on some sales for people. For sure. Yeah. Um, people, so it's, people take the New York Times book section, like my parents take it seriously. Right. Right. Like, um, yeah. I'm trying to remember who the two were. One of them was definitely Mary Ruffle, Ruffle, and then someone else who was like established were the two poets who made it this year. Um, and that's also part of my my like frustration with it is like I know for fiction they have like people's debuts right. in that top right. 100 list, yeah. and it's like you know like how huge could that be for yeah. a debut poet to make that list? Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, and like no, like no doubt Mary Ruffle, dope. The right. other person also probably really great. Um, <laughs> But I'm embarrassed that I forgot it. I was I was mad when I looked at the list. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so, anywho, I have completely got us off track. Um, I want um, you to read a poem for me. Yeah, I'll read a poem. So, uh, I brought In Winter by Michael Ryan. Um, uh, I've never heard of Michael Ryan before. I did a little bit of Googling and seems like a, seems like a poet. Uh, also a memoirist. Um, couldn't really find out... Much biographical information, but 
Also, I was sick for half the week, so I didn't, you know, didn't put too much time and effort into it. But uh, yeah, In Winter by Michael Ryan. At four o'clock, it's dark. Today, looking out through dusk at three gray women in stretch slacks, chatting in front of the post office, their steps left and right and back like some quick folk dance of kindness. I remember the winter we spent crying in each other's laps. What could you be thinking at this moment? How lovely and strange the gangly spines of trees against a thickening sky as you drive from the library humming off key? Or are you smiling at an idea met in a book the way you smiled with your whole body the first night we talked? I was so sure my love of you was perfect, and the light today reminded me of the winter you drove home each day in the dark at four o'clock and would come into my study to kiss me, despite mistake after mistake after mistake. Do you know how mad I am about this poem? I don't. (laughs) Tell me. This poem rips. I figured, I I read it and I was like, this this feels like a poem Bob's going to like too. You have not brought in a bob poem before i think maybe you have I but like i mean it's, i've it's very possible that i have not but I, i've tried to write this poem so many times <laughs> um so that's number one reason why it upset me yeah um it could be in your two, chat book I'll, I'll say that <laughs> number two i like you i i saw this poet's name and i it will so you sent me the link and it like gives me like his picture and he this is mean whatever i'm gonna say it he's just Got a like pretty bad old white guy picture. He's got a bad old <laughs> white guy picture. That's what like when I text you, I was like, I hope this guy's not problematic in any way. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I, I'm with you. I I had never heard of him. For all we know, he might be. Because um, it's it's kind of weird that I. I mean, it's not weird that I haven't heard. Like, I'm not the most read person, well read person on the planet. Um, but like, he's done some stuff. Yeah. Because um, that's that's what upset me. He's like, I saw the bio and I was like, so he won the Yale Younger Poets Prize in '74. And, like, that's, like, a pretty – it's a big deal. Yeah. Um, I thought it was really funny. So his debut poem is called Threats Instead of Trees. And probably, like – I guess it was a while before him. But it just reminded me of John Ashbery's debut, which also won the Yale, is just called Some Trees, um, which is, like, <laughs> the, best, the best name of a book ever. It's incredible. What a right. name. Um, so the, I don't know. For me, there felt like I don't know. Maybe there's some synergy there. And I would stop using the word synergy. Please cut that. <laughs> Please, you're not going to now. But, I, I will um, cut it if it makes sense. I'll, I'll try. Um, um, I didn't realize this is the title poem of second collection. I somehow missed that when I was reading his. Bio. Oh, look at that. Okay. Um, and he taught teaches at William Warren College, and like their program is very well respected. I think it's a low, I was going to say low key. (laughs) Uh, What's the word for where you're only doing it part-time low, low residency. Is that it? That Um, sounds right. Yeah. Low residency or, or or, um, emeritus or something like that. Ah, No, emeritus is is when you're like not quite retired. Um, (laughs) Retired, but you still need a a label for some reason. I don't get it. Um, Anywho. Yeah. So I just, I saw like, this is so weird of like a poet I've never heard of. And um, University of Iowa PhD. Yeah, he's from a lot of institutions. Oh, yeah, he's an Iowa guy. That's right. Yeah. I saw that too. Yeah, yeah. he's from so a he's lot of institutions like... that are like well respected, but I don't necessarily trust. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Right. But he's definitely like, I don't know. Yeah, you could just like list off all these things and you're like, yeah, he's done all the right things for sure. And then this was published in 2004 in Poetry Magazine. Um, and. As problematic as poetry, like the Poetry Foundation is now, like I do feel like there was an even darker time before. Right. right. I want to state for the record that I, I use the Poetry Foundation website to search poems because they have a usable interface. Um, I am well aware of the problems with the Poetry Foundation. Right. Right. No, uh, we, we both. Uh, We've talked about this. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, when I just, I just, like, saw this poem by a guy I'd never heard of, that that picture, which was, like, t- it's totally in my face, and then 2004, and I was like, what kind of bullshit did Chris bring this week? <laughs> and then I was just, like, gutted by this poem. <laughs> yeah, and I, I worked my way backwards on the bio. I, I read the poem. I was like, 
I really like this. I should look up the author because he's right. he's got a white guy name. Um, this picture, is, you you know the movie Snatch, the Guy Ritchie movie. <laughs> okay, <clears throat> he looks like an old version of uh, Brick, the uh, the mobster, <laughs> the, um, but like an older academic version of that guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, that's the most like context we've ever given. <laughs> so uh tell me you, you read it you liked it but give me a right. little bit more into why this poem yeah um like i said up top did the same thing i did last week just scrolling through when i think of pastoral poetry kind of like you alluded to a little bit too it's always like springtime and sheep and all that christopher marlowe bullshit that's really boring and i just wanted to read something about winter um and i ended up liking this one um <laughs> it's not quite pastoral in the sense that there's a ton of nature but there's an, a real sense of environment, I feel like. Absolutely. Um, um, the speaker's walking home from or past the post office. The trees are strange, gangly spines. It's dark at 4 o'clock. Like there's, an, there's an atmosphere to this poem. There's an environment to this poem that just felt like, felt like winter. Um, For sure. And was like, yeah, I want to – I'm feeling a way about something. I want to read about it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Uh, I hear you. So yeah, that's that. Bring uh, us closer. What's the move? Um, this is uh, this is going to sound like a this is going to be a back end compliment. It's going to sound like <laughs> uh, uh, I don't feel like there's a real like total stunner here. Um, I just feel like it's a good poem, just like a solid thing without like a a big flashy dunk of a move. But I really like the bookend of dark at four o'clock. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a subtle way to highlight the relentless, just relentlessness of winter. Um, like winter just doesn't stop. I mean, I live in Chicago, but you know, like we were talking earlier, it, it's it's going to be shitty in February, and it's only December now, you know. Um, but I like how it starts with uh, dark at four o'clock, and it's just kind of a description of the environment, and then ends mm-hmm. with each day in the dark at four o'clock and come into my study to kiss me despite mistake after mistake after mistake. So it ends on this really tender note that I, that I really enjoyed. There's a really weird, um, like hate myself as I say this, like that can only (laughs) happen in poetry thing there. Um, of, so that first line, I think exactly your point to at four o'clock it's dark and that's in the present moment. Um, Which again, like again, like is a great opener. It's it's funny because it's like it feels kind of like an obvious opener because it's so depressing when it's dark at four o'clock. Um, but you know, like uh, turning on my my composition teacher brain, just get to it right at the beginning. Right, we don't need to. <laughs> um, so it's a good opening line, and we're in the present moment, and then it does that like he's in the present tense for most of the poem, and then just this like rush back to the past. And those final three lines, it's dark at four o'clock in the past. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So there's this like messing around with tempor- tempora- temporality? Temporality. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that I think is really wonderful. Yeah, I think that's a great move. Yeah, yeah. I'm realizing now I when I've been getting some notes on fiction and uh people are like, you mm-hmm. switched tenses tenses here. And I'm like, I didn't notice that. And I wonder if it's because I write so much poetry. <laughs> <laughs> Like, yeah, that doesn't matter in a poem. <laughs> it's always whatever tense you want. It's, <laughs> it's like it's kind of confusing the tense here, and I'm like, is it? it makes sense in my head. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, but yeah, it, it, it bookends it from kind of harsh to to kind of pleasant, and it, like you're saying, mm. yeah, the shift back in from present tense to uh, to memory. Um, right. Yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice little winding road there from beginning to end i think i think it's really interesting that you don't think there's any dunks in this poem i mean like the word choice is all great and stuff it's a really good poem it's like there's a i mean i love the what i pick for my favorite line because i had some hard time hard time with it i love the um lovely and strange the gangly spines of trees against a thickening sky it's a great way to describe trees in wintertime like there's 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 a lot of poetic brilliance here um, sure. There just wasn't anything like that jumped out to me as like a. There's a lot of good questions. I love a good question in poems. Um, <laughs> Don't we all? <laughs> but, uh, um, um, but yeah, there, nothing jumped out to me as like, oh, this is 100% the move. Because um, uh, I, so, I'll bring us back to that that moment 
So the first question, what could you be thinking at this moment? And then that next sentence, it is about the you, but it still feels like in the previous moment of just like observing. Oh, yeah. So the next line, the next line is, how lovely and strange the gangly spines of trees against a thickening sky as you drive from the library humming off key. Um, yeah, there's a perspective tense there. There's perspective yeah, shift there, too. There's this weird kind of shift there yeah. of, for a, for a second, it has me thinking that he's kind of descri- still describing the scene that he's watching at the post office, but then it turns into this you and entirely theoretically driving home, um, humming off key. Uh, I'm realizing that I in my head have conflated the post office and the library. And that's because my post office and library are right next to each other. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, so much is happening there. And like, no, that's literally only happening for me. Right. right. At that moment. Um, but yeah, the, like you said, the, the strange, the strange and gangly spines of trees against a thickening sky is really, really good. Um, I also think the ending's a dunk. Yeah, um, yeah. The ending, the, the ending's really good. Um, I guess I don't really know what the mistakes are, but now that we're reading through it, I wonder if the speaker and the person he's talking to are together in the present moment. Like, why would you say that? Because, uh, um, what could you be thinking at this moment? And then it shifts into a bunch of questions about what the right the person could be thinking. And then I was so sure of my love was you perfect. Um, and then reminded we're in the past tense of the winter right. you drove home um, and would come into my study. Um, and I wonder if he's, I wonder if the speaker is thinking about a person no longer in their life. Um, That's how I read it for sure. Yeah. Um, um, which is how I read it too. But uh, again, maybe I'm just soft and was thinking about like a, um, uh, or maybe I was maybe I was in the mood to a or in in the in the headspace of reading like atmospheric environmental stuff and reading about maybe a place they used to live or something like that. Mm. Um, um, and this is like, you know, the speaker is writing a love love letter to their current partner kind of thing. Um, mm. But now I'm really I'm kind of doubting that reading. I'm I'm thinking this is this is thinking back to someone who's no longer in the speaker's life. Right. I mean, so. Like, I'm really not kidding for the audience when I, like, I say, like, I have tried to write this poem. I feel like I have one that's, like, even mildly successful. Um, but um, that, I will second that. It belongs in your chapbook. <laughs> the last kind of chunk for me, God, that's so incredible. Of these, We got two questions, I guess. Or we have three questions. What could yeah. you be thinking at this moment? And then, you know, the first question, we got the gangly trees that drive into the library. So this one imagined situation. And then, or are you smiling at an idea we met, an idea met in a book, the way you smiled with your whole body the first night we talked, which, like, God damn, is doing so much right there. Like, two images, one of the smiling while reading a book, um, which, like, I don't know. I mean, like, maybe my own associations are doing like a lot of work there, but I do think like that is a particular smile. Um, yeah. I would say that the, the, the smile you have when you meet an idea in a book is similar to the way that you smile when you meet someone you have a crush. Right. On, I would say. But like, like making that connection so explicit, I think is so good doing that in like what yeah. four lines right there that, that absolutely rules. And yeah, then, maybe there I, are some dunks in here. Maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> And then getting into, um, I guess, just the last sentence. I like just, yeah, just follow the wind here of, I was so sure my love of you was perfect. Um, which, like, you know, again, that's a Bob line. That's a classic, like, Bob's going <laughs> to eat that shit up. Because you can't say I was so sure unless you know that he was wrong about being so sure. <laughs> like, there's no way to write that line unless you know he's so wrong about it. And the light today... Reminded me of the winter you drove home each day in the dark at four o'clock and would come into my study to kiss me. It, like you could end the lo- you could end the poem right there. You it could be period could. done. Absolutely. Yeah. Period done, different poem. But despite mistake after mistake after mistake, um I think that like that repetition of mistake is hard to do. It's it's I hard to do because 
everybody makes mistakes in relationships. Right, <laughs> right. Everybody um, has a mistake after mistake after mistake. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think it's really, really elegantly pulled off. Resonates a ton with me. I, and kind of actually, again, this continues to be one of my favorite things that we do is like two random dudes bring in two random poems and then like somehow there's some weird thematic connections going on of, of yeah. you know, Hayden, Hayden's poem is looking back on, um, you know, uh, familial relationships um, and the ways that we, you know, maybe weren't grateful or didn't do things right. And here this looking back and I really love both these poems. There's a, there's a sense of self indictment yeah. um, mm-hmm. that I think yeah. is, I really like in poems, I guess maybe it's all I want to say. There's a sense just... of self-indictment that you and I are both drawn to in writing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, two well, self-hating just... people. <laughs> oh. uh, I, I guess just maybe it's that like the stakes are there. Um, yeah. Is that in some sense like this is a nice poem if it's just like thinking back and remembering an ex? Um, but yeah. the the mistakes there make it make it really shitty. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I I think about so yeah, I think I think we're 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 inching towards like the quote unquote right reading of the poem. There's no right or wrong reading of right. poems, but you know, uh the quote unquote right reading. But it made me think about Mal and I will frequently reminisce about various seasons of our relationship you know, mm-hmm. um, various places we've lived or like things we used to do and stuff like that. Um, right. be like, like, you know, like a, remember that summer where we, there's one summer where we went to like street festivals, like every weekend. Um, right. You know, we just, we just had our work schedules agreed with that. And, uh, we just had that kind of time and it was a lot of fun and we've tried to recreate it ever since and haven't been able to, um, or they're, you know, just like, various things we would do when we lived in different places. And, um, so when I, when I was, when I was reading it, I was, it made me, it summoned that for me of like the reminiscing with someone of, Oh, remember this time in our lives when we did this. But if it's a, uh, if it's just thinking fondly on an X, this is like a really, a really gentle and like reflective way to think about a relationship, which is, mm-hmm. you know, the best way to think about an old relationship of just like, right. you know, I, you know, fucking sure. I made mistakes and, you know, things didn't work out, but, um, I'm, you know, I've got all of these pleasant images, uh, to think of, or, or since it's winter kind of harsh images, but like <laughs> put in a, in a, uh, in an, in an elegant way, like you said, not a brutal way kind of thing. Hmm. How do I feel about that? I still think you might be too soft here. <laughs> Probably am. <laughs> Probably am. Um, you know, because I guess what comes to mind here for me is when you get to be my age and have dated <laughs> the way I have, um, it becomes like there's this there's a weird sensation I felt in recent years of being like, oh yeah. That relationship. Right. I know exactly how that could have worked. Like and like things happen, there's reasons it didn't work out, but there's like there's there's a a much more clarity of being like, oh, yeah, that could have worked. Mm. You know? Um and, and like I don't know, I'm not like beating myself up about it, but it's like that's devastating. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you yeah. know, when there's like enough space and clarity to be like, oh yeah, these actually were the shitty parts. Right. And maybe those shitty parts could have been overcome. Right. Um, and and some of those shitty parts entirely have to do with me. Um, sure. And, you know. Uh, and I uh, I don't know if I have any relationships I look back on and think this is how it could have worked. Mm-hmm. I know I'm responsible for many of the shitty parts. Yeah, I don't know if I have any that I look back on. I was like, oh, we could have done X, Y, and Z and been fine. Maybe not fine, but you know, um, <laughs> um, you know, like the, none of them had to had to end the way they did or when they did. Maybe, maybe sure. Some of them did. Yeah, but, there's, you know, okay. Yeah, yeah, there's that. Yeah, the yeah, the the how and why and when. Yeah, could have been mm-hmm. different. 
Um, sure. Right. But right. That is, um, that's an emotion I hadn't really ever considered, man. Um, that's heavy. <laughs> that's heavy. I'm going to be thinking about that. Uh, this is, this is one of my favorite things, you know, now that a very large chunk of my friends have just like not been dating for a while. It's just be like, you don't even fucking know. You have no <laughs> idea. You guys have forgot. <laughs> I, I definitely have. And I definitely am not built for the current, current dating world. <laughs> I've never used a dating app in my life. <laughs> um, we've gotten, deep into how the poem goes beyond the page for me sometimes. Um, and this might be too roundabout to kind of work back into, but that's what we're supposed to do next is to think about how it goes beyond the page for you. Sure. Um, more just like winter brutality stuff for me. We were just talking about uh, <laughs> the study. Like it's, it, uh, we've got tile in our, uh, the room that is my office slash our guest room and, uh, our kitchen. So whenever I'm working or cooking, my feet are just freezing and Mal's figured out ways to, uh, insulate the house a little bit better in recent years. So it, it gets a little bit better, but, um, uh, sometimes <laughs> around this time of year, I just like start trying to do stuff and I just have to, we live in a basement too. It's a, it's a basement unit. So it's especially cold. Um, and, uh, sometimes I'll start trying to do stuff and be like, I have to go lie down with a blanket for a while <laughs> and I hate it. And, um, and so when he's like, come into the study and kiss me and, you know, drive home when it's dark at four o'clock and come to the study and kiss me, I was like, that's not my exact situation, but it's, it, that, that part, like, just like struck a chord. <laughs> um, so. Well, I just, I like definitely, like we said, the top of, uh, at four o'clock it's dark is, is so good. Cause it's like, it's just right. You know, you don't have to say yeah. anything else. And yeah. And like in your place, four o'clock, it's real dark. Four o'clock is real dark. Yeah. Real, real dark down there. Yeah. Um, For a basement, we get light, but in the winter, not really. Um, <laughs> um, for uh, anyone who could possibly be listening, uh, who, Maybe it's not a long-time listener who just does not know Chris. Um, this is not a winter boy. This not a winter not, boy. Not no. the season he thrives in. No. <laughs> and yet the only city in the world I want to live in is Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you still got like five months of winter coming. I like. know. I know. <laughs> I am weirdly feeling like more sentimental about Christmas this year, though. Maybe that's why I'm okay. getting so soft lately because um, uh, the baby's old enough to help decorate the Christmas tree. He kind of knows what's coming, stuff like that. Like last year was the first year where I took him out on Christmas morning and he like pulled something out of his stocking and was like really excited about it. It's still his favorite toy, actually. Um, <laughs> but, uh, um, so yeah, he kind of knows what's coming and, you know, we've uh, been putting stuff up and we're doing uh pandemic sucks because you can't, uh, we can't really go home to see our families or anything like that. But um, this will be the second year in a row we're doing Christmas at our house, which feels like we're starting traditions, building traditions and things right. like that. So right. I'm like having a shitty time ingratiating myself into winter, but like also it's happening and uh, an unusually, unusually, um, Christmas spirit for Chris. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm not normally, I love Christmas, but I'm not normally like, let's put on Christmas music. Let's, you know, let's, let's do this. Um, uh, yeah. so, well, uh, I hope someday you can like really call me out when I start going softly. <laughs> <laughs> Probably just agree with you. <laughs> I'm, I'm, that all sounds really lovely. Yeah. Um, uh, Christmas. There's a lot of feelings there. We should talk about basketball really quickly. We should talk about basketball. I had so much trouble thinking of a good question because basketball is just a winter sport. It's mm-hmm. like, what's your favorite game that ever happened in winter? <laughs> 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 Who's your favorite player born in December? <laughs> so, no, I was like, okay, so, but the, the NBA has two slates of games that are like really important in the regular season. Um, there's the Christmas day game and there's the MLK day games. And do you have a favorite slate of those like all day basketball games? 
So initially I was like, what on earth is this question? I was like, actually, this is kind of a really interesting question because essentially I feel very conflicted about this. I do too. Um, I love the Christmas slate. It's great games. It's, they set it up deliberately with like rivals and stuff. Right. Um, And it is, it is, it definitely doesn't feel like it this year, but a lot of years it really does feel like, Oh, that's when the season really starts. Mm -hmm. Um, but well, and then also like, it is a day where, for better or worse, at least my family, it is not hard to camp out in front of a TV all day. Oh sure, yeah. Um, so like that feel where when I think of MLK Day, um, that could you know there is not a you know kind of consistent thing going on in my life. Um, so maybe I'll watch a bunch of basketball, but maybe I will be doing something entirely different. Right. Um, you know, yeah, I don't like plan on being in front of TV. Um, as consciously on that day. Right, sure. Um, but on Christmas, because I am for sure around all of my family, like, I don't necessarily just want to be, like, checked out watching basketball all day. Right. Um, you got to pick like, and choose your games. I don't love respect. that there's a bunch of people camped out in front of the TV. Like, I, I think there's other ways we could be spending time with each other. <laughs> um, and, like... No offense to my family members, but they're not necessarily always the people I want to watch basketball. Oh, that's fair, yeah. Um, you know, um, there's a lot more uh, channel flipping than I would like for a basketball game <laughs> um, with some of my family members. There's apparently other things that they might want to watch. Um, yeah, my dad's an expert at um, finding, like, three things to watch so uh, he, so he doesn't have to sit through commercials. And he never, as much as an expert at that as he is, he never comes back to the game when I want him to. <laughs> it's, that's such a weird generational thing. And, like, I get it. Like, commercial's bad. I'm on board. But, right. like, I don't want to watch three things at once. Right. I don't. My dad will flip through, like, it, the fall is kind of incredible because he, 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 he watches big things are baseball and football. And so right. he'll have, like... Uh, an Atlanta Braves game on and flip over to like a college baseball game and then flip over to a college football game and just kind of juggle them all. Right. And, right. And his, his brain works in such a way that he can kind of piece together what happened if he missed anything. Right. And whereas the way I watch basketball, I want to just like, I want to watch basketball. Like I'm not like laser focused on the TV where I can't do anything where I can't like do Christmas stuff. But what I like to do is pick a couple of games and then be like, okay, I really want to watch these. And um, then other times we can watch like The Grinch or Christmas Story or whatever, you know. That <laughs> right. Sort of thing. But yeah, it's also, it's also, you don't want to spend Christmas camped out in front of the TV all day. Like, we're also right. cooking, now playing right. with the kid, you know, that sort of thing. Right. Um, yeah, when, um, in both Tennessee and Baltimore, like going over to other people's houses at certain points. You know? Right. Right. I will say, a particular Christmas NBA West Coast thing that's wonderful. Number one, the first game starts at like nine or nine thirty oh, a.m., which is just the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and like it's Hawks versus Knicks, whatever. Right, right. But it is. I'm just like so happy to have basketball on that early. Just like what an absolute joy. But also in the time where the Clippers have been good, the Clippers get that late slot mm. almost every year, which. Late on the West Coast, it's like six or seven. It starts. That's perfect. Um, you know, and it's like one of those things. Like Christmas has wind has wound down. This is the game I can really like. Yeah, I think that's one of my things. Like, I'll watch a little bit of that early game, and then we'll like do presents or whatever. We'll try and get like one game when we're at where whatever house we go to. I'll yeah. try and get like one in, like whatever the premier matchup is. Sure. And then know yeah. like I can probably get that Clippers. Game can get that late night game, game in. Yeah. yeah. The, the late night game is almost always guaranteed for me too because I. Right. Go to bed late. Um, yeah, you're, you're yeah. you and your late nights. I don't. I don't know how you do it. Uh, not well. <laughs> um, yeah, I gotta. I gotta. As we're, as fondly as we're talking about Christmas Day, I gotta go MLK Day. Because um, that's usually it's not quite the prestige matchups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's usually a day off of work and a long slate of games. And right. I really they know definitely how have long... like a day game, right? Definitely at least a day game or two, and 
I don't know how you're supposed to celebrate Martin Luther King Day, but <laughs> the NBA does do a lot of stuff to honor the legacy and like support groups in their cities and stuff like that. So right. it feels like I'm paying attention to something at least a little, you know, yeah. social justicey uh, by watching these games and uh, indirectly supporting kind of thing, whatever the Nielsen ratings support is worth. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, there's and then there's also just not the pressure of Christmas, and I can just like. Oh yeah, today's the day where I get to watch a ton of basketball. Right, um, right. So if I if if push comes to shove, I got to go MLK Day. But I think but, that's fair. But Christmas has more prestige matchups and um, baked into tradition and that sort of thing. Right. If you're a basketball baked person. into tradition. If you're a basketball person, anyway. <laughs> sure, sure. I guess that like that's such a weird thing to think about is that you know like there are people who are you know like absolute sports nuts. And having a bunch of basketball games on Christmas means nothing to them, right? My my, my parents, I didn't. It wouldn't. It didn't become a thing until, you know, I was I was in college, and you know, maybe had like some say over the TV. It was like, oh, I really want to watch right. this game. You know, that's sort of right. Thing. Yeah, um, yeah. It wasn't really a thing in our house, but as I became an adult, I was like, there are a lot of really good games on today, and I want to watch. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Oh my! We are recording this like two weeks before Christmas. Yeah, less than that. Holy smokes! Yeah, Ugh. ten days. Oh my god, that's right. Holy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, come. It sneaks up every year. Every it year. does every year. All right. Well, I think that's an episode. I had forgotten to do this on our first two episodes, but um. Our music is produced by Brennan Johnson, and our art is produced by A.M. Strickland, two lovely people who I will be spending Christmas with. Let's go. So, yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. i out of shape with hosting this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my. Uh, we will probably be back in the new year. Yeah, new year, I think. Um, All right. Take a little holiday break, but before January's out, we'll have more episodes. All right, and hopefully we're a little, little more uh, in the swing of things. You know, yeah, took well, an episode or two. Took an episode or two. It feels good today. Presumably, I won't have to uh, get a booster shot in January. <laughs> <laughs> but with all the variants, you never know. So, <laughs> goodness. All right, talk to you guys soon.